1: I thought oh. we were close to our 50th episode, but we were actually in our 50th. Episode. This is our 51st
0: episode, so
1: we did it. Imagine that there are fireworks going off, and there are sparklers, and we are well, celebrating. We did 50 want to episodes. do something
0: special. We hadn't thought that far, and then we were prepping for hearing, so that everything went to the wayside.
1: This is what happens when it creeps. So up this is me. our
0: celebration.
1: So this is our thank you to all of our listeners. For those of you who have been listening from the beginning, we so appreciate you. We're coming up on 1 year in November. So we're really we're really excited and and we're really happy with the group that's kind of grown organically on Facebook. I think you guys have been having some really great conversations and we really encourage you to and and remember like we're there to help and and provide some feedback and guidance but we think that the the real benefit of the group is for you guys to really learn from each other and and talk about what you guys have been doing because while we can provide support and we can provide guidance on an individual basis like for our clients what works for one family may not always work for the other and there's so many things out there. I mean we always promote like think outside the box, you know, there's not a cookie cutter one way to do things. So as much as you guys can share the successes and the
0: failures and, and learn from each other, we we so encourage. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We have opinions. Um, And I know that Amanda has been a bit more vocal. Um, I think for me, it's a bit harder because, you know, you might find me saying things on the podcast. And then you know, you're clarifying or asking specifically related to you. And my attorney hat goes on, where I'm an attorney, but I'm not. Your attorney. So a lot of the things that we can say on the podcast are general. They're just coming from our experiences and I'm not telling you directly. Whereas within the Facebook group, you know, we, we don't want that appearance. Um, we have teachers, we have district administrators on that group, which is great. I think it, it's nice to see things from a different perspective. And we're very thankful for all those that are participating that are on the other side because it helps. Helps, you know, it helps everybody understand, look, the child is the priority and we're, we're all trying to do our best because I think for some parents, they get so beaten down with their particular team. They just mm-hmm. don't think anything. And so Amanda and I would never would want to, you know, put on our attorney hat and be like, well, this is this is, you know, so if, if you're not getting, you know the answer that you want, you know, then it may be somewhere it, it's a problem where you have to actually call the Inclusive Education phone number or you might reach out to Salogi and Brett and have a consultation with us because that's not the purpose of the group. And not that anybody's like doing that. I'm just saying in general, um, I think that's why we're a bit more cautious. So if you hear me having a strong opinion on the podcast, I think it's because it's more directed towards an audience right. um, and not a specific person whereas on the group You know, if I am responding directly back to someone, somebody else could perceive it as as legal advice. Um, And we want to keep this going for as long as we can. So I think that's why Amanda said, you know, it it really is for you to come together as a community and um, have compassion, have understanding. And so far, so good. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely getting some great ideas
1: of things to talk about. I think someone the other day had posted something about uh, public Records Act and um, request, and, and that's something that, yeah, we could absolutely have a whole pod on talking about records from educational records to public records. I mean, that's something really important that I think is helpful for you all to be aware of. You know, so we appreciate your the conversations that you guys are having and, and the suggestions you're giving each other. I think that at, at the root of everything, knowing that you guys are not alone and that it's not just us that's there for you, that other parents are there for you. I think, is really helpful. Not just parents of kids with special needs, but, you know, teachers that are parents and administrators that are parents and parents that are just parents that, you know, I, I think you guys, everyone can come together and be, you know, a real support system for each other. So we appreciate that. And, and, and with our 50th, we're, we're really excited to, to go 50 more and hopefully thereafter. So Episode, 51. Episode what talking, 51. What are we talking about so today? So this is going
0: to be our part two of the like a- accommodations, I suppose, modifications conversation that we started, where I'd given a, a little preview as to where we were going with this um, CBD case that had come out, I think in the end of September, right, um, in the office yeah. administrative hearings. And essentially, before we got there, we were talking about therapy dogs and just a whole slew. Yeah, we're talking about talked
1: about. Strength. Strategies
0: related services that help
1: a child access school. So we had mentioned a number of ways that that children may need support to access school. And so this is coming out of you know the new laws revolving medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. You know, there's been a number of studies, a number of research that has come out that marijuana can be used in C B D oil. It can be used for a number of different medical purposes. And we're starting to see that in a number of ailments that that children have been dealing with. And so this has become kind of on the forefront of, okay, should it be okay for children to use this medicine? and, And is it allowed on school campuses? So this is kind of where that came
0: about. And so in June of this year the um, Food and Drug Administration approved a prescription use of this thing called Epidelix, and it was a purified form of CBD oil, and it was for treating two types of epilepsy. So, so when Amanda says, you know, for medical use, this is what she's talking about, and then just... Everybody hears, you know, oh, you know, cannabis, this we, There's so many different terminologies. Just like anything in special education, we love our acronyms, right? So CBD is just like one of many compounds, like if we're talking like scientifically, of the cannabis plant. And essentially, these oils contain concentrations of CBD. And you can use them for a lot of different things. So the, the big question is just like, well, CBD is marijuana. And it's like, okay... When you're thinking about cannabis there's THC I'm not even gonna try to tell you like what that stands for it's just THC look it up it's, <laughs> it, I'm not even gonna try and that's the most active ingredient in marijuana if you're thinking of recreational use of marijuana but marijuana contains both THC and And CBD. The difference between the two is THC creates the mind-altering high that everybody talks about, right? So when you smoke it, when you cook it into a brownie or whatever, I don't know. um, The (laughs) THC is what's getting into your body and causing different types of sensations right so some people have the the high there's the sativa where most people say that that's like the high energy one and then there's the indica and that's more so the the relaxant so even just within THC there's different strains of it right but CBD is also in that marijuana but it's not psychoactive so when we're talking about it being used for medical purposes that's not changing the person's state of mind. So these little kids aren't getting high, and yeah. that's like what's like helping think, them. I think what a lot of people associated
1: it with is a good amount of years ago, people started using marijuana as kind of a supplement to cancer treatments, right? Um, a lot of chemotherapy causes a lot of nausea and vomiting, and what people quickly found was that the use of marijuana really helped with that but it also gave that high right and so i think that that same idea is being associated but What's different here is that when we're dealing with CBD oil, we're not dealing with, like if you said, that high. We've now been able to research, and scientists have been able to pull them apart, where we're able to get the health benefits without that high. So when we deal with um, medical purposes now,
0: we have that kind of being separated. So and, and the human body can actually produce certain cannabinoids on its own, right? So there's two. There's CBD-1 receptors and CBD-2 receptors. And CBD1 receptors, they're present throughout the body and and in the brain. So CBD1, when it's recepting in the brain or whatnot, it's coordination, movement, pain, emotions, mood, thinking. So, you know, appetite, memories, other functions. And CBD2 are more common in like our immune system and and they uh, affect um, inflammation and pain. And so when we're seeing it in June of 2018 come through for epilepsy, and that's the basically the, the premise for, for the case that Amanda's kind of going to go into the case, I just wanted everybody to have a kind of a basic understanding of, of what we're talking about. We're not talking about this little kindergartner getting high. I have a client right now that was on a modified school schedule so that parents could apply the CBD oil onto her before she went to school um, because it does help with the seizures. And now you kind of know a little bit of the science. You know, obviously we're not experts, you know what? We should probably have somebody that is like, we, we super definitely into should. It. I
1: mean, it's it's so it's interesting when I was looking up articles on this case because I wanted to get because you know, like, you read the decision from the case and you get one side, right. and then if you actually hear like statements from the attorneys, mm-hmm. you get kind of a little bit more information. So I wanted to kind of look up some of these articles. And when I researched it, I found one article that was like completely misleading that I'm sure people are up in arms. Oh my god, the, the article, I think the title with something like marijuana being allowed at schools well that's obviously not what's happening here but then a cnn article their headline was girl can attend school with her cannabis-based medicine california court rules so obviously there are different perceptions but getting down to the brass tacks and why we wanted to bring this up not only how the law is changing but really looking at You know, making sure that when you see things in in the media or an article, it's really important to kind of not just judge a book by its cover. Don't just look at the title. So essentially, we have a five-year-old girl who suffers from... Dravit syndrome, which is a severe and rare form of epilepsy that comes with life-threatening seizures that are so frequent that not only are they life-threatening individually with these seizures, but what their doctor testified to is the harmful long-term effect these mm-hmm. seizures have on her developmental brain. So, mm-hmm. looking at her, her speech, looking at her language processing. So, not only is it important for them to get the epilepsy under control for her to not have these life-threatening seizures, but also long-term to make sure that she she, she can develop properly. So um, this family went through all the traditional methods. They used all the different pharmaceuticals on that are available and, and none of them really worked for her. Um, and so they finally used found this CBD oil as preventative medic- medicine medicine. And So, so as preventative. She, as preventative, yeah. yes. Because it's not just the idea that we have to control the seizures, but we also want to prevent severe developmental delays. Right. Because remember, she's five years old. She's been having these seizures since she was born. So we, we already are dealing with brain development, but we want to prevent further damage to her, her brain development. So they're using it as preventative as well as life-threatening. So this is a life-threatening... Medical issue. So she was in preschool at a private preschool, which the school district, probably through a settlement, was paying for. And she was, you know, they had a nurse that followed her that provided her the medication. She was on the bus, all of this. When they had the transition IEP to go to kindergarten, The school, even the superintendent said, you know, agreed that the appropriate setting for her, because she did benefit from the social interaction and the academic um, exposure in the preschool classroom, that the kindergarten classroom in a public school would be appropriate. But the school district essentially said, because of the federal laws that exist revolving around the prohibition of marijuana on school grounds, because it's federal governmental property... Um, They feared that they would be risking their federal funding by allowing this little
0: girl from being on their campus with the use of this life-saving medicine. Right. So, like, what people need to understand is that just because California and other states have passed... Cannabis laws and, and things like that. California was at the forefront a long time ago with what Amanda was talking about, used to treat for cancer patients, um, the the nausea and things like that. Now it's you know anybody can use it, but obviously we're still only speaking about it in the strictly medical sense. The where the uh, superintendent or the district was coming from was that. But technically, under federal law, it is still illegal. And we will see where this goes. Obviously, we have, you know, a, a new makeup of the Supreme Court, so God only knows where it's going to go. But, you know, yeah. before, states can make these laws, and they have been in existence. So so that's where, you know, it, it makes sense, right? They're saying, look, we're federally funded. It's still federally, under the law, prohibited to have weed on this campus, right? No, no right. matter if it's uh, medicinal, no matter what they're using it for and that's where they were coming from so that it logically makes logically sense. sure
1: so the parents filed for due process in the state of California in our office of administrative hearings with their issue of whether or not the IEP because basically what the school said is we legally can't have her at school even though we think it's an appropriate environment so we're gonna offer a one hour a day
0: home BS program right we have two competing federal laws here right, right. the the cannabis yes. and uh, the and then legal, the federal law. And then the federal law for the individual's disability education.
1: Right. So OAH had to look at the number of laws and see whether or not the district was denying the student of faith. So this is what the court said. The court said the the offered IEP was not reasonably calculated to allow student to benefit from it. Because its exclusion of student from the campus and school bus was based on a misunderstanding of state law Mm -hmm. and on the remote possibility that possessing THC oil might violate an unenforced and unenforceable federal misdemeanor prohibiting marijuana possession. Since student may successfully attend a public school campus and be transported to and from it while maintaining access to her emergency medication, her least restrictive environment is on a public school campus. Not at home. So when we're looking at what was happening here in California, there were a number of state laws that are competing with this federal law. But as that judge said, these federal laws have been considered unenforceable. Um, In fact, in prior to Trump's administration, the um, federal government had basically. So since 2014, Congress prohibited the U.S. Justice Department to spend money on prosecuted cannabis-related activities if those activities are allowed under the state medical marijuana law. So this is what we're dealing with, right? We've got these federal laws that the school district pointed to, but we have Congress interpreting a change saying, you know what, where we recognize that these states are creating their own laws for medical marijuana purposes, and therefore we're not going to, you know. So this law that the school district was trying, to claim that they were afraid of, we're now saying is, is unenforceable. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with the Trump administration. That could change. But there were a number of state laws. So we had the California's Compassionate Use Act and the 2003 Medical Marijuana Program Act, um, interpreted laws to say that qualified patients and their caregivers can have the medicine with them on the bus and school grounds if they follow the same procedures of a public school campus that they would in in a, a private setting. And then this past year, the legislature in California passed Senate Bill 1127 that Governor Jerry Brown is just waiting to sign. This would allow school districts to create their own policies, permitting parents or guardians of qualified students to possess and use medical cannabis at school. So that, that's what we're dealing with with the state law, right? Because the state is allowing this more leeway. We have the federal law on cannabis that is unenforceable. So where OAH came in and said, look, offering this homeschool program denied her a FAPE free proper public education because it wasn't her least restrictive environment. All of the testimony of not only the school staff, but our doctors, everyone shared that she benefited from being in a comprehensive school environment. And so there is no justification under the IDEA for denying her that access. And so therefore, given the state laws and their misunderstanding of it, this child is allowed to go to school with this life-saving medicine.
0: Yeah, which is, which is huge. I mean, it, it's one of those things that... For her, uh, for Brooke, the little girl, I mean, obviously, things are going to be changing very quickly, but I'm sure the trickle-down effect of this, I just had a mediation for that client yesterday that I was talking about, and um, due to a, an additional surgery that she has had to have, she, she's not able to return to school. But it'll be interesting, you know, next semester when she is hopefully medically cleared to go back to school after the surgery tomorrow, that if she doesn't need a modified schedule, because now, you know... know we have this case that's saying that you know you can't tell her not to come because of the use of the CBD oil so it this is like at the forefront for me um in in that case and it's great to see it we haven't had any word on whether or not the district may appeal like you know who knows I we will probably try to keep tabs on this as long as we can
1: my my thought is that they probably won't appeal because mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of under the IDEA, right. I mean, even their own testimony can't challenge the denial of faith issue. Mm-hmm. So in looking at like what can be appealed, like they would have to challenge these state laws. And I just right. I don't think that they have the ability to do so but we'll see. I mean, we've seen yeah. crazier things. I know. I know. So, you know, their attorney in a statement to CNN essentially said, you know, they're hoping that this becomes a blueprint that that school districts see this as you don't need to be afraid, allow this to happen. This is the changing of the tides so that all the parents that, you know, may deal with this in the future don't have to deal with the same issue. Because if every parent who has this life-saving treatment has to have their kid out of school, I mean, it, it, w- it would be really disastrous. I mean we're probably looking at a great number of students that could benefit. I mean, I can't tell you how many students that I've had as clients that deal with seizures on a daily basis. And just how much that causes them harm. And so being able to look towards, I mean, and I'm sure a lot of parents are hesitant towards using this kind of medicine because they're afraid that they're going to be kicked out of school. Right. So it's great that these families can now start thinking about this as an option because it's not just epilepsy that that some of these CBD oil medications are helping with. I've seen a number of um, uses for it. And I think that's, it's, it's really great. I mean, that's progress. We need to be looking at less invasive ways to treat medical issues and other ways that we can support. And just because they're children doesn't mean that we can't, you know, look towards
0: the importance of finding a better medical treatment, especially if they can access school. I mean, there's... There's kiddos, and, and I have a client where at one point, he's on the spectrum, at one point, he was diagnosed, or not diagnosed, he was prescribed enough lithium that his dad, who's, like, 6'5", like, almost, like, what, 275, like, would knock him out. That was what wow. this 12-year-old, or even maybe maybe he was younger, he was 10-year-old, was prescribed. and. For that child, it didn't really do that. It didn't knock him out. And that's right. lithium. That's, you know, something that um, has been used, you know, for medical purposes and, and things like that. And that kiddo has gone through so many different types of prescriptions and his body just reacts differently to different types of medications. I can't even tell you, mom could probably rattle off seven seventy different types of prescribed medications that he's been on. And they'll work for a little bit. They'll make their way through his system. And in a year, it's just like his behaviors are back. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that they have tried um, CBD oil, but, you know, there are ramifications for the liver, for the kidneys, um, when you're putting these young, young kids on these medicines to help with their other, you know, special needs. And in that case, it was him being on the spectrum and, and, and the severe mood swings and behaviors that he was having. And so, you know, for parents to have an alternative to look into, um, whether it be cannabis or the, the CBD oil, which, you know, a lot of people are, 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 getting into, you know, you see all the products now here in California, there does need to be more research. We're not saying, you know, go into this blindly, but you know, the federal law for marijuana has been in existence for so long and it was just easier to just be like, nope, <laughs> we're not right. going into this. We're not giving it federal funding. Well, it we're not the researching it. Yeah
1: as we see quite often you know rather than them consulting and and really looking at and I'm sure this cost that school district
0: thousands of dollars oh, yeah. to litigate this case. Right. And meanwhile, this kid is out of school. And But, you know, I'm glad that they did because then it came to the forefront and like the, like this mom had said in the article, and the articles um, from CNN will we'll have it in the show notes if you want more info about it. Um, she had said, look, these are usually private, but I wanted to share it. And I kind of, I'm glad that the district kind of went, you know, through it because maybe they were thinking, look, we, we do want her on here, but we do want her on campus but we just our hands are tied so maybe they made the decision to to fight it only so that it could be out there and that we can use it because if they had settled like we would still be in the same position where i'd have to have a modified schedule for this kid um that's going to return because of the use of the cbd for her epilepsy so i mean i'm not saying that that was the reason there could be a multitude of reasons but maybe you know they did have the, the child you know in their mind and wanted this to you know it was up to parents to make it public but but I think this helps us in our area of the law so much more than if it oh, yeah. settled. It really well, does. Ab- absolutely. I mean,
1: I think it, it really gives us that, that guidance. And hopefully we see a change moving forward because that being able to access school is, is become such a big issue that we see so many kids out of school that it's hurting yeah. everybody. It's hurting
0: the kids. It's hurting the schools. Yeah. It's hurting everything. And and, and that's what and we talked about. The part one, you know, the access with right. with the the g tubes and and the the nurses being there to provide you know the type of access the child would need to be on a school campus. We want our kids to be on school campuses whether they have special needs or not. And this is just one step. And there may be more kids out there. Maybe the parents don't say that the kid is on CBD oil because of the stigma and maybe this will help them you know and they can still keep it you know a secret if they want just just for perception wise but this will help kind of gear the conversation and and it starts it starts with the parents so I commend these parents for making it public because that's probably not an easy decision and and people are haters gonna hate so I'm sure they're (laughs) getting a lot of criticism but that's why I wanted to discuss And start the conversation with scientifically, what is it that we're looking at when we're looking at CBD oil? We're not trying to get these kids high. We're not saying that these parents are are letting their kids smoke a joint to like. Or that, yeah, a joint's going to be on campus (laughs) that other kids are going to be able to access. That's not what's happening. And
1: especially here, like even the medication was being monitored by a procedure of it, yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't like we're were putting a joint in the kid's backpack or a pill that they can then trade for a
0: hairball but hair some bow. people are thinking that and yeah. so that's why I wanted it to come from like a really like OK, like this is what we're looking right. at when we're talking about CBD and, you know, the use of it. And and like we always do, you know, starting that conversation. Right. Um, so, I mean, obviously, if you if you have concerns about the ramifications of this, we, we'd love to hear your concerns about it um, to see how we can address it. And, and if there's enough interest, maybe yeah, find someone that that is somewhat of an expert. I'm sure it's an emerging field. We're not going to find somebody that's like, yes, I am a specialist on school campuses. And also, like, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have to find a, a good mix um, of different people yeah. um, that are just getting grant funding for researching. Um, but we will try to find that person to address any concerns. And if yeah, we can address them, we we surely will.
1: Especially because if we could talk about um, the other ailments that can be with this kind of medication. Yeah, Yeah, because epilepsy seems to be like at the forefront right now. But I know that there's a number of others, and so it may be something where if you're listening and you're, you know, if we can have someone here that's a specialist, says, hey, this is being used for a number of things. Here's 10 common uses, and, you know, maybe that's something that you're dealing with, and we may be able to find a better method. Yeah. So we're very interested to see how this goes from here when Governor Brown signs this bill, mm-hmm. um, if school districts actually take them up on the offer to create these policies. And, and we'll see where this goes, and we'll keep you updated um, as we find out.
0: And um, Yeah, I just, I had looked up on the California legislative information on, on the bill text, and just as of September 1st, it had in, obviously created in February, you know, amended in the Senate a couple of times, and then it, it passed the Assembly August 27th. And and had previously passed in the Senate um, on the 21st, and so it just says enrolled August 31st, 28. So just you know, in line to for uh, Governor Jerry Brown yeah. to uh, look over. So hopefully, once we get that, we'll maybe um, if it's going to be in time, we can find somebody that can come. Yeah, if not, yeah. like we'll still give you an. Yeah, update. that would be great. But uh, that's episode 51. We did it. We're now going back down the mountain all the way to 100. Oh, yeah, now, yeah. We're <laughs> almost there. Um, so thanks again for listening. If you haven't already joined the Facebook group, please go and join. Otherwise, you know, you can find us on our website. And if you ever have any questions, if you're not on Facebook, you can reach out to us at info at org. I realize some people just don't do Facebook anymore because of Russia yeah, we and you can also you know, find us on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram we're pretty
1: active on Instagram too. Okay, if you prefer Instagram over
0: Facebook, but if neither, shoot us an email. I think we're also on Twitter, but uh-huh. I think it's on uh-huh. Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.